Bellhouse Chats is back, and we are talking everything that you never knew and maybe never wanted to know with some stories that are spine-chilling that Randy Dumars told me, and that's who I'm sitting down with, talking about everything alligators. Bellhouse Chats. Man, I really was just looking for an excuse to meet cool people and have fun conversations. That was kind of it. All right, we are live with the Randy Dumars. How's it going, my friend? Going good, thank you. We're actually sitting outside. If you can hear the the bugs outside right now, we have a whole new setup where I'm actually uh, Bellhouse Chat started because it was supposed to be in my house. And uh, this is only the second one ever, Randy, that is not in my home. We are actually in, what, Kissimmee? Uh, Keenansville, Florida. Keenansville. Where is that located? It's south of St. Cloud by 20 miles. I don't even know where St. Cloud is. Where's that? Uh, we'll just say it's uh, above Okeechobee by 30 miles. Okay, Lake How's Okeechobee, that? It, is a, it is is that that by 30 miles. Okay. Randy, the reason I wanted to kind of have conversations with you, if you hear random weird noises, it's because we are out in the middle of swampland, basically farm swampland. Agricultural, yes. Okay, yeah. There are there are if I can describe the look right now, we're at a picnic table. There's Spanish moss everywhere. There is a lake, and it has giant alligators, and that is the reason we are here. Yeah, this is Lake Marion in Keenansville, Florida. Uh, I picked this lake last year because they wanted to see uh, if we could get some bigger alligators. Usually the area I hunt is really close to Walt Disney World, so most of the people I have are, are clients or tourists that come in, and they like to hunt in their 30 minutes while the, the wife and the, the kids are at Disney. Usually the husband or, or a couple of the guys usually come out for a gator hunt. So we try to provide a really good, satisfying hunt, fast pace. Um, it's, it's been good. So you do a lot of alligator hunts for people that are basically, like you said, wife and kids are at the park, and the husband's like, oh, I kind of want to skip the park today and maybe maybe go, go alligator hunting. Yes, that's what usually happens. And then I have my locals that like to come out here and, uh, and hunt the area usually have about 30 clients a season, and then my partner has another 30 um, that we do. But it's it's a busy time of year. It's about 90 days long, so we try to hunt every day if possible. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm a full-time guide, so every time the season changes, I have to change for the season. That way I have work. So from August 15th basically to November 1st, I'm out gator hunting, and after the gator season – It'll be time for me to go and start bass fishing. And we'll bass fish from November 1st all the way into about May 1st. What a dream job, huh? That sounds, sounds, it sounds like it would be a dream job for people who work in a cubicle. Well, when I first started, I wasn't sure. I, I was a law enforcement officer prior life, and, and I wanted to do something different. And I wanted a better, kinder, better clientele of people. And uh, so that's why then, I looked at what this. you encountered in law enforcement. Oh, yeah. 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 So I just needed a change of pace. And um, when I was a young man, it was OK. But, you know, when I got out of my 20s, I, I decided I needed to do something else. And, and I uh, decided to create a business for myself. And uh, this is what I came up with. Huh. Are you are you still pretty happy with your decision on that? Uh, yes, I, I still like getting up in the morning. I don't have a problem. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go. I, I don't. Uh, I don't have any reservations. I just feel like it's been 15 years now I've been guiding, and I still don't think I know enough. I'm always learning. There's always something different. 
every day I'm out there, I pick up something else. You know what I love about going with you is you get more excited than we do. It's like, it's almost like you're, you're the client. Like when we're out there, you're so juiced to be out there. You're so excited to be, every time you see an alligator, it's like, it's like your first alligator. Well, I look at it like a football game. I, when I'm a spectator, I can't actually go and run the ball and run to the touchdown. I got to watch and I get excited and I want to be the one shooting, but I'm not always that person that gets to shoot. So I try to, you know, enjoy it as much as possible. Um, I, I haven't got tired of it yet. It's just uh, exhilarating. Every gator's different. Every gator looks different, different size, weights. Uh, actually, this evening we took an alligator. It actually had a, a tag in it from the state of Florida, and that was the first time I've ever seen a tagged alligator, which was pretty neat to see a little stainless steel tag in its foot. I've heard of it. So it was tagged by, like, the state? State of Florida okay. tagged it, yeah. And so tonight it was your first time. How, long, how many alligators do you think you've taken, and that's your first tag? Uh, I've probably taken probably a good 150 to 200 gators, I assume, right, somewhere in there. And that's the first one I've seen tagged before. So it's like you do actually genuinely get to see something new every time you go out. Oh, yeah. Some of them are missing half the tail from fighting. Some gators are really big. Um, some of them are, have really beautiful hides. It's all different. And, and everybody's uh, adventure is different. Everybody gets a little different. Some people like to hunt during the daytime. Some like to hunt at night. You know, some like to just ride and watch while the, the husband's hunting and the wife's there. She just enjoys watching the sunset and, and then watching the hunt. So everybody gets a little different taste of everything out of it. It's always okay. different. Okay. It's it's interesting. We're, we are outside right now, and there are people trying to fish. At, what time is it right now? 10 o'clock at night? Yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we have, we, have, we have people that are uh, enjoying the outdoors. But one of the things that you said, and this kind of made me, made me think about it, was – when when we rolled up, there's there's two people fishing and all that, and you said I'd definitely be watching that that kid real closely. Um, Joe told me that one of the uh, one of the lakes that you were on, or one of the creeks you were on, you said fed that the creek fed right into the lake where the uh, I guess the tragedy at Universal Studios or was it was oh, it was, it at was Disney. in yeah at yeah. Disney, mm-hmm. and it was inside the park, and it was a uh, was a four year old. Yeah, and what it was is actually by a resort at uh, the Disney Resort there. And what had happened was uh, there were signs saying no swimming, things like that. And, you know, once in a while you tell a kid, hey, get out of the water, hey, get out of the water, and other people get distracted. Well, what it, what I think happened is the gators there have been being fed by the employees playing around, throwing crackers to it and things. And um, a, a predator is a predator. Uh, Basically, you know, alligator, he has like 72 nerves from the tip of his nose all the way back to his ear. So they're very sensible to pressure. They can hear real well. They have a really good sense of smell. I did not know that they had a really good sense of smell. Incredible sense of smell. That's um, That seems crazy because they're underwater. I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem, like coming from a whitetail side, it doesn't seem like an, a lizard should have a really good sense of smell. I mean, I know snakes do, but I don't know. That's, that. I don't know, struck me as, as interesting. I, I've, um, it's it's a, lot, a lot of times when we're hunting with the wind, most of the alligators come from the front into the wind to us. Usually the scent of us behind us, I have probably 1% do I see an alligator come from behind a boat because usually they smell the deodorant or the cologne on a person or, you know, the exhaust off the boat. So even in alligator hunts, scent is still a thing. It's huge and, and for calling. Now, if we're just riding around uh, hunting them for a fast pace, it doesn't matter. But when we stalk them and we're and, – and the reason we, we do the call, um, 
during the daytime, number one, they're very hard to see during the day. That you know, unless they're in open water and the vegetation, there could be fifty of them in front of you, and you would never know it. So what we do, we we try to call the alligators from way back in the vegetation where no one ever ever gets an opportunity to actually see that alligator, and you can't actually hunt him back there because it's so dense. And when thick. you say vegetation, I to give the listener a perspective, it is you could not walk through it. Oh no, no, it's it's float six foot deep. It's floating. Uh, the alligators on top of it. There's willow trees and all. The airboat can't even run in it hardly. They're where they're at. So. What we do is we get out, and, and sometimes the alligators will crawl 200 yards to us. We saw one today at 150 start crawling and just didn't get to us. They came pretty close, but uh, he stopped about 60 yards out and didn't come anymore. I wish it would have, but um, everything's sensible. It, and the alligators feel each other. When Sometimes when we're calling, there'll be three alligators coming at once, Yeah. and you'll get a four-footer come right to the boat, and you, you disregard that little gator because you're looking for the bigger one that's coming. And what happens is that uh, uh, you go to stand up to take a shot at the big gator, and the little alligator makes a commotion and scares them all away. And they can feel that pressure. Yes, and they just take off. Um, a lot of times they'll let off a pheromone um, in the water. You could actually smell it. Uh, really? When, like a musk whenever they're uh, threatened. So like when we chase them, sometimes we smell it or they'll come up there. And it's either going to be a female alligator or a, or a male. The male's coming in to either eat whatever's there. It's not his offspring or eat whatever's trying to get to the baby gators. And the female's trying to protect them. So depending on what the situation is, this lake happens to have extremely large gators on it. Uh, it's it's known for that. Uh, it's just a little different type of hunting. It's an open lake, but the edges have vegetation. Uh, it's it could be very difficult in high winds. But you know, today everything happened to be right for us, and we we're able to harvest one. So let's go back to the the attack at the park, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go no, back. that that was my fault. I took right. us off with this smell. The uh, the attack at the park. You think it was more than likely uh, an alligator that kind of had been habituated to maybe being fed. Maybe it was kind of used to people. And all of a sudden, we have a young a young person in the water. Okay, so I'm going to give you my opinion, which is my opinion, which doesn't. But it is a right. per, it is a professional opinion. Yes, it is a professional opinion. So here's what I think happened. And I used to work at Disney in my teens. So being around. The so whole an resource. informed professional yes. opinion. <laughs> so what basically happens is in the state of Florida, they say the alligator population is so large that. There's as many alligators in the state of Florida as the population of people. And saying that, really? as you take Disney, for example, wow. they're big, what I would say, tree huggers. They're big pro animals, pro everything. So what I think happened there is they had people managing the alligators, but they weren't managing them well. In other words, keeping track of uh, harvesting the bigger ones that are coming on the property. Uh, they have places there's a big landfill probably six miles from where that the, the child got uh take it off the bank and uh, that's usually where they dump all the big gators and if you go there you just see them swimming around they're huge really uh, and they and the gator moves he'll come from that i think they move from the golf course over there back in those lakes they go through the canals they have ditches they crawl around so they, they so travel. for people that are not from florida it is very difficult to understand how connected and wet the orlando area is oh huge huge it's, vast water and, and and everything is very very connected, so it is very easy for one for an alligator to walk from a a pond or a lake to a canal, ride down the canal, jump over a bank, 
and end up in places maybe it's not shouldn't a problem. Be. Not a problem. And and basically what happened that happened like the first week of May or end of April, and that's when the Galligators are mating and the most active. That's when everybody's getting nuisance calls. They're up on people's front porches. They're under people's cars. They're everywhere. Well, you'll take a big male alligator, you know, we'll say 10 foot plus, and he's, he'll might be have 15 females that, in a five-mile radius that he's servicing that uh, reproduce. Really? Yeah, and they'll move. And then he's fighting for territory, and, and that's what they do. And, and it's incredible how they are. And, you know, you can take an alligator, a 12-foot gator, 700 pounds, and he's 50, 70 years old. He's, he's been around for a long time. Uh, just amazing. I'll tell you, I had one alligator that was, um, I used to see on my tours in 2005, huge, elusive gator. I would get within a hundred yards of it. The alligator would actually, uh, jump off the bank and disappear way back in some very thick vegetation. I could never get up on it ever. And I would stop 200 yards out, give the people binoculars to look at him, see how big he was, and they're, ooh, aw. I said, well, when I start the motor on the air, but he's going to go. So just let y'all know, get a look at him. Well, uh, Two weeks ago, or a month ago, my partner was out, and he had had clients. We've been hunting three days, and we shot six and seven footer. And we were trying to get a good gator, and he happened to be up in there, and he wasn't near uh, exactly where we always see him. He was probably a thousand yards away, and he started calling. And at a distance, he heard the alligator take his tail and slam the water. He just take it up, smash, boom, water go up. He could hear it at a distance. He now, said, what, what is the call that you use? Uh, the alligator call are, are, are alligator baby calls, and they're a mix of distress calls. And I have about eight different calls that I've mixed together. And I, I roll through them waiting to get a response, which I call a confirmation. And what it sounds like is someone fell in the water off a boat. When I hear a confirmation, I steady the call and wait and see what happens. Okay. If, if I don't get a confirmation in two minutes, I move. So the confirmation is him slapping the water? Yeah, so this male, he heard all that noise. He assumes there's another male in the area, so he came and charged the boat. He came from 200 yards, and he kept slamming his tail. He moved 50 yards, keep slamming his tail 50 yards, and then he climbed up on a big old clump of mud in front of the airboat. The client shot the crossbow at his back, and it skipped off his back. And when he did that, then the son jumped up with a spear gun, was able to attach a line to the alligator, and then the fight ensued for about 45 minutes. And how big was this alligator? Uh, it ended up being uh, 1110. It was right around uh, 700 pounds. Jeez. And we estimated the alligator to be 60 years old. But it was the one that we had been seeing forever. He was massive. He was, and um, it, it, we could actually get him in the boat. I actually showed up with another boat and uh, actually took a buoy on him, wrapped his mouth, and drug him back to the ramp. Wow. Yeah. Kind of like some Jaws type stuff. Yeah, the airboat couldn't get up off the, uh, couldn't carry the people in the alligator without swamping it, so we just pulled it off. And 700 it. pounds. Oh, yeah. At 11.6. Yes. Old Pe- dinosaur. People always hear, though, you always hear stories like, oh, 12 foot, 14 foot, 15, 20 foot alligator, and it's like, I think it's, it's hard to imagine how big and heavy an alligator gets when he's over 10. Correct. And, and like, I think the state record in Florida is like 13.8 or 13.9 for the biggest one in the okay. state of Florida. Okay. And how heavy is a 13 foot alligator? Oh, uh, he'd be any seven, 800 pounds easy. Okay. Uh, usually when they get that big, they're not reproducing anymore. They're just made more a relic. And to get a gator that big is they're, they're not really a farce, but they're, they're a lot of work and, and they didn't get big by being dumb. He didn't get 70 years old 
by just showing up. By coming it. to the call. <laughs> correct, correct. He's elusive. He's big. The problem is when they get that big, their diet has changed. You know, he doesn't want to eat a tadpole. He's looking for, you know, 50-pound critter. He's looking for a hog or something. He needs something with substance. And that's the problem with the bigger ones because we worry about them as a predator for people and things like that. But, um, and just, you know, you just never know. People take things for granted. It's like when I first started guiding here, I had a, a, a captain I was guiding with, and him and his wife went to this little island over by where this we. This is my favorite story. Yeah, you know, over by where we used to, uh, where I guide at on West Lake Toho. And he pulled his bay boat up on the bank and didn't tie it off good, kind of pushed it up with a power pole. And a boat came by and sent a wake towards the boat, and it kind of washed it off the bank. Well, he was walking, him and his wife's walking around the island. He's probably 60 years old. He looks out and sees his boat drifting off the edge. So he decides to get down to uh, you know, take his shirt off and jump in the water and swim to his boat. How far away is the boat? Oh, I don't know, 30 yards. Not too far. Oh, it's not far at all. No, okay. no, as it's drifting. Yeah. You know? So it starts getting a little bit there, and, and as he swims to it, an alligator jumps off the bank, off the side, which he never saw, no one saw. So the wife sees it, and the whole time she's like, Jimmy, swim, Jimmy, swim. There's an alligator by you, Jimmy, swim. Oh, my gosh. And just luckily, like a movie. Oh, just like a movie. It was so bad. So Jim got to the boat and climbed in, but the alligator followed him all the way back to the, to the boat. Couldn't believe it. Really? Yeah. But he, but she was so terrified he was going to get eaten. Yeah, that would do it. I mean, oh, that yeah. is literally one of those things where, you know, you dive in to go get to your boat, and then right behind you is an alligator. Oh, just just bad, just bad, bad situation. <sighs> you know, an alligators, they're they're uh, when you're laying in the water, they're not intimidated by it. They're intimidated by height. So if you had to contend with one, you want to stand up. You want to get as high as you can over the alligator. They're intimidated by height. So if you had to deal with one. The taller you are, the better. Really? Yes. Hmm. So if you, this is something I've always, if you find yourself like in a lake with alligators and the sun's going down, is it better to make noise to scare them off or is it better to be as quiet as possible? Oh, I'd be as quiet as possible. That would yeah. be your go-to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And hope they don't smell me. And hope I don't have a uh, <laughs> uh, a chicken hanging off my neck. Because <laughs> if you do, you're out of gas. It's over. Yes. Because some of that stuff, you know, I was wondering, like, if your boat capsized and you were in the you're in the water in the middle and you had to swim to the edge and you had to go through all that, you know, foliage and thick stuff and it's it's six feet deep, so you're underwater, but you're having to like climb through cabbage. It's like, is the best thing to do to just be quiet and try to slip through and and never be noticed, or I mean, would you swim underwater as much as you possibly could, or what what would you do? What would be your go to? Oh man, that's that's a hard say. Like, uh, like actually, you're, you're like I don't ever want to imagine that. Actually, just besides me guiding for a living, I actually run a salvage business for Cito here, and I, I have uh, twenty thousand square miles. I, I so what is a salvage for Cito? You pick up boats that have capsized or that have well. Become... What basically happens is uh, basically I'm triple A for boats. When a boat breaks down on a lake in my area, they call our dispatcher, and and either they pay us cash to go get them, or if they're a member, it's free. So we do probably 15 tows a week in the area, and that's with the 20,000 square miles that we, we have from Okeechobee all the way up to Palatka, Florida. We do the interior lakes and rivers. And then we also have airboats and uh, I mean that, that we do salvage on airboats and regular boats, dock to dock. People's boats fill with water, and they sink at a dock. We go and we put bags and raise the boats and get them out. Uh, but what I was saying about that, I've had people call me, uh, early in the morning and say, hey, listen, I sunk my airboat, 
and uh, uh, can you send someone to come get us? I'm like, why didn't you call 911? He goes, well, this happened like four hours ago, and I was waiting till the sun come up to call you. I said, buddy, uh, where are you? And he tells me, I said, I have the sheriff's department en route to get you off that boat, and we'll get the airboat. Don't ever do that again. If it happens, call then. So some people, I, I don't know why, but some people, they don't <laughs> – have common sense, I guess. But, and, um, and you, and that's your advice. Why? Yes, and I, I have all kinds of things happen on the lakes, and uh, but yeah, there, there, there's alligators and and all these lakes, and they what they do is, is that is that why you're like get off the lake right now? Do you genuinely yeah. like? Do you, do you do you? Is it a genuine concern that you being on a boat might be in danger, even though you are on a boat? I well, actually, no. Uh, a lot of the boats, when we have people, things happen, or if they drown, or things like that. Usually, we find the boat; it's it's sitting, it's uh, perfectly fine, not full of water. Uh, everything's fine. Usually, if I have something happens, it's, it's usually alcohol involved. And I've had where one person falls in the water, the other person goes after them, and the boat's drifting away, and they, I ended up losing two of them. But the guy oh, who wow. stayed in the boat ends up on shore. So it, it just depends on the situation. It, a lot of it's just not good boating sense. And uh, the problem, too, is there's, there's over a million watercraft registered in the state of Florida. So if you take active registration watercraft of a million vessels, there's that many boats on the salt and fresh water any given week. Something's uh, going to go wrong. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's why we're here for safety. We partner with the Sheriff's Department, Fish and Game, and... We all try to make sure everybody's having a good, safe weekend. And so here's like your that. hypothetical. You're on the lake that we're on right now. Okay. We're out in the middle. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, boop, there's a leak. Boat's going down. I'm going to start that boat and run for a bank as quick as I can. <laughs> as quick as you can. What yeah. if you if you can't make it? And let's say you make it to 100 yards from shore. What's your game plan? Oh, you don't, I would you don't probably, like this question? <laughs> I would probably stay with the boat. Out in the middle? Yeah, and hopefully I called 911 to stay with the boat because they'll find the boat. Once I swim off that thing, I'm, I'm the size of a five-gallon bucket, we'll just say from my head, or smaller like a pumpkin. But that boat would be 100, 110 square feet of surface that someone could see in there. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, so I would probably stay with the boat if I could. But for gator sense, would you stay out in the middle? Um, I don't know. I, I try not to put myself in that predicament, but... Um, it, it, it could happen. I carry a personal EPIRB locator. Something happens, I rip it. It calls the Coast Guard and Sheriff's Office and things like that. So I, I carry a, a personal one. Uh, it's an inland EPIRB. So you would sit out in the middle and kind of wait to be picked up versus swimming yes. to shore? It depends on which lake. Some lakes I might just float in. It depends on which lake it is. But uh, this lake particularly? This lake it would not be a good one to do that in. I think I, I think you might get chewed on. Really? Yeah, because they're just the the the, the gators here are very are really really big, and um, they I don't see a lot of little alligators here, but I see a lot of big ones. So I assume they're eating each other, and the survival of the fittest are here. This lake, uh, the locals call it an aquarium because it's full of fish. They're not big fish, but it's slap full of fish. So the bat, the gators have plenty to eat between the gar, the mudfish, the crappie, everything. They're constantly eating. And I, I know it's a, a good, healthy ecosystem here because I never see dead fish floating. I don't see anything <laughs> stinking the water up. I don't see anything. So, you know, I know it's good. The water's dark, so that means it has good fertility. And it's actually shallow. Uh, some of it's very shallow. There's 20 foot of water, but most of it's like 7 to 8 feet even out in open water. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So on this, this lake particular, 
There's a lot of big alligators. Oh, yeah. yeah. What what makes one lake have big alligators and one lake not? Like one lake? I think it's the population of people. Here there's only about 20 homes on one corner and the rest of it's ranch land. So yeah, it's super remote looking. Right. So what happens here, there's not a nuisance trapper here taking the alligators out. Only when they're called. So they're very rarely called. Now, down where I live in Kissimmee, St. Cloud, and Disney, there's actually a dozen nuisance trappers working every day just taking nuisance alligators out. And what the nuisance alligator is, as soon as someone feeds an alligator, whether he's three foot long or ten feet long, he loses fear of a human being. And he'll just come to you. When he sees a person, he assumes he's going to get fed, he'll come right to you. Once an alligator has lost his fear of a human being, then uh, they, they're dangerous. That's when they'll bite somebody because they just associate you with food. So the nuisance trappers take them. This particular lake, the nuisance trappers don't come out here because it's very rural agricultural. So, a lot so they're of, not. So there's not a lot of people in danger. Well, they're not taking all the big alligators out like you would see at West Lake Toho and other lakes where they're grabbing yeah. the ten and twelve, fourteen foot gators. Those gators are here. They're they're here and and uh, they're elusive and they're old. And you get an opportunity to take one during a recreational gator hunt where some lakes you just don't see them. There are other areas like the St. John's River that they have really large gators too. It's, it's because of the remoteness of the area. The more remote, the bigger the alligators, the bigger mosquitoes, you know, the, the more people More prehistoric looking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you get where there's a lot of people, the alligators are smaller because they're harvesting more of the bigger ones out because they're worried about people getting bits and dogs and so forth. Uh, here, that's not the situation because it's more agricultural. It's farther out, so less interaction with people. Gotcha. Um, we had one run into the boat today. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. So what So what makes an alligator more habituated to people? What makes an alligator less habituated? Is it good that they are uncomfortable around people, or should they have like a healthy fear? And how do you... I guess, how do you go about that? Uh, I, I think... Like, how do they... It, it, is hunting... Does hunting, like, put fear into into the animals? Yes, and and when we hunt them, they give them the natural fear of flight. Uh, and, and that keeps them... I think it keeps them scared of people. The better they're more uh, wary of people, the better the chances of them surviving a longer life. The more they're around people, the less chances they'll survive. Um, and, and, and that's with all of them. Uh, you know, and the thing is, the American alligator, the industry was um, uh, back in 2002 and 2003 when I first started gator hunting. We, we got actually, cars. We got cars pulling out of here. If, if, if you're listening and you want, this is this is the, the benefits of doing Bell House Chats on location, if you can hear the cars in the background. <laughs> no, you're good. It's actually not that bad, but... Yeah, if, so... That, yeah. That's what, if you're listening, and that's what, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing cars move. So back in 2003 or 2005, you could take a, an, I could take an alligator, and I was able to sell it to a processor at $60 a foot. And uh, the, the alligator hide prices were really well. Uh, it, was, it was a really good uh, moneymaker. I didn't even guide for them then. I would just uh, try to get two or three or four of the biggest ones I could and sell them. Okay. Uh, so what has happened um, over in, in – um, south american places they've actually have gator farms where they're, they're growing what they call um uh, they have a cro- uh, alligator there it's called uh, uh I'm trying to think the name of it anyhow they they have a, a it's a caiman gators what they call it and they're growing the caiman gators there and uh, is that like a hybrid between the caiman and the gator 
or is it just? I think so. I think okay. I think in South America that Cayman gator is very common. Like okay. we have an American you. alligator and we do have a, a Florida crocodile. The Cayman gators there, but okay. um, they have them in farms there, and they have so many in the farms that it's gotten to be a point where they flooded the industry with hides, where the the wild hide market has dropped down to nothing. Like when they went from sixty dollars a foot. Now I'm lucky to get eight dollars a foot out of an alligator. Oh wow! So yeah. it collapsed. Yeah, and in a couple of years they didn't even want to buy them. They weren't buying them. Uh, so and and that is because they have flooded the industry. And and it all depends on the Italian leather makers in Italy. So them a number one high. So wait, hold on. The Florida alligator market is dependent on the leather makers in Italy. Yes. And, wow. And okay. So what happens is, you know, an Italian leather maker, his idea of a perfect hide, alligator hide, is a five foot gator that has come from an alligator farm that has never seen another alligator. He has no imperfection. It's pristine. Pristine. Okay. So for people listening that don't like, wait a minute, does hasn't seen another alligator? How does an alligator not see another alligator? And basically, what he's saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Randy, is you're looking for an alligator that has not been in a fight. Correct. And, and the alligators, like most alligators, they, they can't, uh, they don't uh, do good in captivity like reproducing. So what most places do, they have um, alligators that go out, even in South America, and they harvest the alligator eggs. They take them and they hatch them out. And this particular alligator really never sees another alligator. And he's in a, a, a little pool for himself. And they feed him until he's up to about five or six feet. And then they harvest a gator. The reason only at five or six feet that's where they find their profit margin is. If they go any farther than that, they're not really making any money. Uh, but and in essence for that is you can go to like a boot store here in, in where I live, and I can buy a beautiful pair of Cayman Gator boots for $350, where if I were going to have a set made, it would probably be close to 700 by the time I was done tanning the hide and have them made and all that. And that's all because in South America they have these Cayman farms? Correct, correct. Huh. But um, but the thing with the 700, you're talking about a, a gator that you actually harvested yourself, had it tanned, set it off, and had boots made. So it just depends. But then you have to tell everybody that. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, like I went and bought them. This yeah, is no, these aren't just gator boots, yeah, player. I these chased are... him around. We, we went round and round. It was on. I shot this bad boy it, myself. That's right. It was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I did not know that. So the so the market is driven by who the Italian leather makers, and it is also changed by South American Cayman farms. Correct. And so what has happened to me when when they were very uh, worth a lot of money, um, I would just basically harvest the gators. But now it's gotten to the point where now it's more about taking a client out hunting. He harvests his alligator, and he wants to be a bucket list or a memento. So now when he harvests his alligator, we get the, the tan hide by a processor. Once it's processed, they have things made out of it. They have money clips made, belts, uh, wallets, things like that, little trinkets. And, you know, they'll get them all made. And then the following Christmas, all the guys that went hunting, they all get a little memento. Yeah, they give it, yeah get like a wallet from the gator or sure. a belt from the gator that you shot. Yeah, excellent. You know, they make all different little things for them. So, you know, it's, it's something different to do. And some people, it's just a bucket list. They want to do it one time. I might not see them again. And then I have people I see every year for 10 years. They just like that type of hunting. They like uh a predator that runs from you has teeth and it can bite you. It can hurt you very bad. You have to be very careful. Yeah. One of the things that, um, that I'll, I'm being very honest with you was the first time we did this, we rode around at night, we spotlighted and I was like, that's fun. Like that was cool. But that was one of those things that 
coming from archery and whitetail and spot and stalk hogs, it was like, it's, it's fun, but it's not, it's not like that. But today what we did was very different. You, it was during the day, you put a call out and it's just like, meow type call and it sounds like a baby alligator and Correct. it literally makes them charge the boat. And you said today was a great day for calling. Yeah, usually I'll maybe have five gators charge the boat on a really good night. I People right now are like, charge the boat, yeah. sir. No, thank you. Yeah, they come running hard like they're, they're really coming. hard, like yes. like they're mad. Correct. And they're coming and making noise because what they think, there's, there's some baby gators in that boat. And they're coming to scare off whatever's harming them. And they come in running. And then if it's a big bull male, he's coming in to eat whatever's in there, me or whatever. Or even so, the even the babies, even the babies. So you got to be ready. So when he shows up, you you know it's a chance to harvest a gator, and and basically what we're trying to do with alligators when we we hunt them is we're trying to close the distance. That's what it's all about. We're trying to close the distance from a thousand yards to five feet, where um, if you don't do that, it's just basically impossible to actually harvest the alligator. Um, and when we shoot them with a bow and things, we're not killing them. All we're doing is attaching a line so we can get close enough to dis- humanely dispatch the alligator. So dispatch that, is a kind word for kill, right? Right, right. And we just, you know, we want to do it humanely. You don't want it to suffer. And, you know, and then we don't want to mess the hide up. We want to make this alligator nice to where, you know, everything's used. There's nothing wasted. You know, there's little trinkets made for the. You have you have one of those. He's pulling up. If yeah, you can't see it, he's got, got the claw. He's right got the here. claws on his uh, yeah. necklace there. And then I have a scoot from another one. Now, what is a scoot? That's the uh, the armor on her back. It's some the plates, the things right. that you see. Okay. And that's what bounces off when you try to shoot them with a bow and it doesn't go through. Uh-huh. And then I got a couple teeth and things get on like in that, that microphone sir oh yeah sorry about that so but yeah so the teeth and things like that so everything's used on an american alligator it, it you would think it's not but it is they very rarely the only thing that i ever see that's not used on an american alligator is its intestines and all that and it's taken and gotten rid of but all the meat the head everything they could use they use nothing's wasted now how much is an average alligator hunt uh, usually, if it's a, a out of state hunt and they come in, it's fifteen hundred dollars, and that's for one alligator for two people, and uh, you get two nights, two night, two hunts to, to harvest that gator. You said one alligator for two people, so that's two alligators total. No, just one. So just okay, one. two people can go, but you shoot one alligator. Correct. If okay. you want to do just because a lot of it's a team effort, you'll get an alligator is eight or ten feet. Not one person can handle it. it so you and your team. buddy could come down, split it, sure, and be like, we're gonna pay seven hundred dollars. We're going, and you said that's two nights? Two nights. Okay, so two nights you go out, you go hunting with your buddy. Correct. If you shoot an alligator, let's say you shoot a seven-foot, eight-foot alligator, mm-hmm. you split the cost, you can split the hide, you can figure out what you want to do. Correct. That's not or, bad. Or you can you can call me ahead of time before the season starts, put in for all, uh, alligator tags. They could cost you anywhere from $275 to 1052 if you're out of state. And then uh, that's to put in to see if you get a tag, right? If you're awarded tag, so there's fifteen thousand permits that go out, and there's like thirty thousand people trying to get them. So if you're lucky enough to get the tags, uh, then what would happen is if you call me with tags, we just do five hundred in the evening. We go out and try to harvest an alligator, and we'll just go as many evenings as you want. Uh, most of the time, it's usually done in one night. Uh, sometimes we have bad weather, so you might have to reschedule for a night or two. If people don't use, let's say that I'm like conservative and I don't want to spend money on a, on a guide cause I can do it myself. And I put in and I say, okay, I'm going to go get a tag and I'm going to put in, I, I spend $500 and I get a tag. Mm-hmm. How many of those tags are successful? 
Okay, so usually from what the st- the statistics I see from from the Fishing Game Commission, the person that actually puts out the, the stats at the end of the season, roughly only forty percent are actually harvested out of the fifteen thousand permits. To give you an idea, uh, so 60% are turned in, and there's reasons for that. We have hurricanes that come through here that time of year. People get busy and can't go. There's all kinds of things happen. People are just, and some people are just unsuccessful at the hunt. Uh, they just, just things happen, and you know, you got to have the permits, the tags to go. So that's what makes it really, really interesting. Um, I, I, I love it. I don't know what else to say. I like to hunt. I, I like the whole. Uh, hunt in the evening, hunt in the day. I like how they come to the boat. And I like doing my part of keeping control of the population because there are so many alligators. People don't realize how good they've come back. They're just, there's so, a lot of them. Well, I told somebody I was going to come down and film an alligator hunt for the Hunt Co. And I was like, we're going with this guide. And, and this, this girl was like, she's like, you're killing alligators. I thought they were endangered. Hmm. Is the- that... That's well, they were endangered up to about 1984. So in the 70s to 84, they had gotten roughly down to th- just a few thousand alligators. And the same thing with the American crocodile. At one time, if you went and drew a straight line across from Tampa Bay, across to Orlando south, the American crocodile actually inhabited all those waters on the coastal edges. And now they're down to like 5,000 American crocodiles, and the only place you find them is in the Everglades. Uh, very elusive uh, the American crocodile actually is not not a, a bad uh, crocodile, and the reason I say that is up until last year, there was never a documented case of American crocodile ever biting a person until last year. Really? Yeah, so what happens Some people were having a party on a canal, decided to go jump in the canal and swim, and there happened to be one there, and it, it, it bit two people. It didn't kill them, just bit them. And then they said they harvested it out, and it happened to be a crocodile and didn't survive the capture. So things like that do happen. But very, but if you take that, I'm saying the first one in hundreds of years have ever attacked. So uh, they're very— um, So an American crocodile is very different than, like, a saltwater crocodile. It is a saltwater crocodile. But the, the difference is there's, there's different uh, is characteristics. Like, is it, like, the same as what you would find in Australia or— um, Thailand. Do you know? Am no, I getting? Am I, am I pushing on the bounds of no, your expertise he's more here? More brackish, but but what happens is just to give you an example, the American alligator. She the 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 mother is a good mom. She'll go. She'll build a nest. She'll drop fifty eggs in there. Fifty percent of them will will actually survive to, to be an adult. The other fifty don't, don't make it. Usually, when the American alligator makes her nest, she puts them in a position, and there's a there's. There's actually one degree difference in the in the sex from male to female. So wherever they're at in the position of the nest determines the sex. And she'll stay there till they hatch. And and so they're good moms, they reproduce real well. This is the alligator. Yes. Now, the 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 Florida crocodile, the American crocodile they call it, what it does, it lives in the Everglades. When it's ready to reproduce, it'll it'll mate and then it'll swim offshore, say out into the Florida Keys. It'll go to a little spoil island. And dig a hole like a turtle. What's would do. a spoil island? It's like a little island. It has like mangrove trees. And okay, like so that. it'll it'll go away from the Everglades and go out yes. into the ocean. Saltwater marsh. Yes. Oh, in wow. the Florida Keys. It'll actually dig a hole like a turtle. It'll lay the eggs, cover them up, and then it swims back to the mainland, never to be seen again. And then when the American crocodile, hatches, so it doesn't it doesn't like stay with its babies. No, it doesn't or... stick around. Doesn't do anything. They say less than one percent actually survives. That's why the American crocodile has not rebounded. Gotcha. 
Yeah, and they they'll they'll go off, and so the tarpon are eating them. Everything's eating them. As soon as they hatch, they're just like a little a so little loggerhead them. turtle. Everything's just... chowing down. Hmm. Yeah. So, like I said, maybe one out of every crocodile that goes out makes it back to the mainland and actually survives. Wow. Yeah. So that's why the populations are different. And are they as aggressive? I mean, I know that the salty is. I say salty. The saltwater crocodile is much more aggressive than the American alligator, and that's like what you hear about in Australia and Southeast right. Asia. Some of the caimans, things like that, are real aggressive crocodiles. But um, they say that the 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 American crocodile is very docile and doesn't like people. Okay. Oh, so what happens is when they, they makes me feel better about wanting it to rebound. You know, well, I don't. What they do is I don't want to be afraid of a crocodile in the ocean. Oh no, me neither. But but what the American crocodile does that's interesting is they don't like people. They want to be by themselves. The problem when they have them is when they take an American crocodile and they find him around an uh, area with homes, the American crocodile doesn't like being there. So what it do, I mean, he wants to be there for some reason. Uh-huh. And what they'll do is they'll trap him keep him alive they'll take him to everybody's cut him loose and four months later he shows back up really so a lot of times they have to go ahead and harvest a gator or the crocodile because he keeps showing back up he, he knows where he wants to be right he's going so, home he's like this yeah, is where so i live man correct and which i thought was very interesting that they migrate back yeah that's that. bonkers yeah. i did not know that yeah so have you ever had any close calls um no and and um i when i when i work with them i just try to uh, there's steps involved we do one through ten in every step and if we we screw up we start over and we just go real slow with it one of the things that was interesting to me is okay you you harpoon this animal or whatever you put a you put an arrow in it and it's got it's you know tethered to a line you get it close you hit it with the bang stick and dispatch it Mm -hmm. and then um then you get it on like onto the boat and then and then you, you but even okay even after you've shot it Right. Even after you put a bullet in it, mm-hmm. you still wrap its mouth. And then yes. when you bring it in, you put a chisel through its head. Why Correct. Do, it seems like overkill. Why don't you okay, why, why do you so, go that far? So what what people don't realize with the with the bank sticks we use, all it does is incapacitate the alligator. Sometimes when I hit them on the top of the head, I can actually see the bullet land on top of their head. It would be like. And now this isn't just like a, a little bank stick. This is a three fifty seven Magnum actual sh- like round. Correct. Like, like that the same that would go into a pistol. We're not Correct. talking about like a little firecracker. This is actually a bullet. Correct. And and what happens, it incapacitates the alligator. All it does is stun the alligator. It would be like you coming up and getting punched and knocked out. Same thing. It incapacitates them, gives you an opportunity to get a hold of them, and tape them up. Now, a lot of times, I and so once I do that, I get them in the boat, and then I, I sever the spinal cord. So we take a chisel, and right behind the skull, there'll be a spine. Once I sever the spine, the alligator can't hurt you. Uh, if you don't do that, um, he is, he's still alive. So it's not humane to me unless I dispatch dispatch the spine. You said they've even that. they've even jumped off the boat. Like yes, after you've I've had ten footers that I hadn't uh, hadn't had a chance to to take a chisel to and put a tag in. And they've been shot in the, the head, jumped off, and never got back with Ugh. a tag in it. Disappeared, swam out. And what it is is their heart's not hooked to their brain. So as long as they have blood in them, they're what? still alive. Yeah, their heart's not hooked to their brain. No, because they're a reptile, like a turtle or a snake, and they'll just keep kicking. So they're they're very dangerous in that aspect. But it's, so if you don't dispatch them, uh, it's like a zombie movie, man. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like a lot we, of we killed it. Nope. Yeah. A lot of processors they won't even accept your alligator unless he's been chiseled or cut right there behind the spine. Are you serious? Yeah, they'll actually get on you about it because they've had times where they've went to a walk-in cooler and opened the door and one's standing there looking at them, standing up no. on all fours. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, they'll tell you that. Don't listen. Don't bring it in unless you chisel them. They don't want. <laughs> okay. They you get upset. Can you imagine being a processor? You open the door to the cooler, and there's a there's a gator just looking at you. Ten yeah. foot gator, like, hey, this is hard, half alive, I'm, trying to walk out of there. I'm trying to leave, man. Yeah. Just trying to go home. Yeah, it's, it's 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 happened. So you know, I try to make sure I don't want anybody to get in that trailer and get hurt. You know, Jeez, or that's... the walk in cooler. So you just dispatch them, so they're safe. That's crazy. I did. I, I did not know that. I, so I grew up in South Florida, and I was telling Joe, like, as a little kid, you're taught all the etiquette of how close you can get to the water, where's the danger zone, don't get in the water at night. And it was interesting. We rolled up to this lake. We were laughing and talking, and you know, we're about to hunt these alligators. And we looked up, and how far away was that first alligator we saw? Uh, Fifty yards. Fifty yards. How big was he? He's probably nine or ten. ten nine or ten feet, just yeah. cruising around the boat dock, yeah. just seeing what he could. We could see. have probably got him. I just wasn't paying attention. We didn't think it was five o'clock yet. Yeah, it was like, like four forty-eight. Yeah, I could have probably threw a hook on him, drug him in, but we just didn't do it. But jeez. So, um, what would be? How do how do people find you if someone's interested in in saying like, hey, I'm I'm interested in doing this little soiree? What would they do? Well, uh, my website is orlandogatorhunts.com. We're located in Central Florida. You said orlandogatorhunts.com. Yeah, located in Central Florida. Um, and on there, we have a website. You can go on there and uh, get my information. It has all the prices. Or if you want to follow us, you can go to Orlando Gator Hunts and Bow Fishing on Facebook and also on Instagram. And we usually post every day, uh, especially during the gator season, anything we harvest and how the nights are going and so forth. Uh, and then you can contact us there, and we can talk. And I would rather really like to talk to you and see if we're a good fit for your type of hunt. And if we're not, you know, I have other guides that are out that, you know, we want to find the right fit. We want to have a right experience. To me, it's about the adventure. You know, we're going to all try kill alligators, but the adventure, the moment, the the time we do everything – is real important to me. I want to make sure that it's, it's, you'll never forget it. You know, you have a memento, the alligator, the hide, and things like that. So, you know, that's what I'm usually after. And I think it's really important to know that you're doing a good thing for the state. You're actually helping to control population. They issue the tags, like you said, to control the population, and it actually creates a healthier habitat for the alligators by removing, removing enough so that they're not eating each other, Correct. they're not beating each other up. Uh, it's actually they've rebounded so well that they they issue these tags to create a healthier population. So you're actually doing a great thing. Good strong population of alligators, good healthy ones. There are issues some places where they eat too many fish. Where up on the St. Johns, they're eating shad, and they'd actually uh, there was some mineral deficiency they were having, and they would actually get stunned, and they couldn't make it to the bank, and they would drown. They were finding dead alligators so really? to figure out what was going on, but they were eating a bunch of shad and there was some mineral deficiency by eating that many of them that if they couldn't make it to the bound to the the bank they were drowning and that's very unique a very uh rare thing but it things do happen and you know the thing is they just have to manage them they have to manage the alligators and and things like that and that's what they're trying to do it's highly regulated there's permits there's tags constantly checked um you just can't go out and kill an alligator and take it anywhere they won't take it except it unless it had a tag in it um and and, and that's how it works if uh, anybody can possess a tagged alligator but if it's not tagged that's a whole different story yeah everything's on the up and up with you uh that was one of the first things you did was tag it i think people have seen swamp people you know watch that seeing all the tagging but oh, yeah i will say this it is it is a blast the bow fishing is a blast it's not as sexy um but it is fast paced it is quick if i had never really i'd never shot a recurve i'd never shot instinctive 
I picked it up, and within 15 minutes, I was shooting fish. They were six feet in front of the boat. Oh yeah, it's fun to do. You're you're taking carp that are invasive species that are you know not supposed to be there. So you're doing your part. It's so it's orlandogatorhunts.com, and then you can look them up on Orlando Gator Hunts and Bow Fishing on Facebook and Instagram, and check them out and do your part. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no, I just uh, come enjoy the real Florida. You know, if, if if the family's going to Disney and you want to go and have an adventure of a lifetime, give me a call. We can go bow fishing, gator hunting, or bass fishing. We have all that available to you. So everything, all the outdoor, all the outdoor good stuff. Well, Randy, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for being here. It is orlandogatorhunts.com. Check them out. Totally worth it. Can't recommend it enough. Thanks, everybody. See ya.